Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, Alicia Malone with Scott Movie Mance and the Schmoes Know, this is Profile. In-depth spotlights on the greatest filmmakers and artists in motion picture history. Hello, Schmoville. Welcome to episode 23 of Profiles. Oh. We're back from Sundance. Yes. Woo! Oh. What a time. 20 movies exhausting. each. I know. And we still had time to do our research and our homework for our profiles. This one was really, really worth it. Mm-hmm. We are spotlighting the one and only two-time Academy Award winner, Tom Hanks. And we have a very special guest in the studio. Yes, we do right here. Wilson! <laughs> Wilson is is here with us. He made it off the island. Don't go away, Wilson. Stay we right love here. Wilson. We don't want to break down and make our profilers cry just like Tom Hanks did in that movie. <laughs> but don't worry, profilers. We actually do have a real special guest later in the show. So but exciting. Joining us right now for moral support is Wilson the Volleyball. Wilson! Wilson! So, okay, Alicia. Now, I know we say this every week. Yeah. When it comes to doing our Fast Five, Picking our favorite movies. Oh, this was hard. This was, without question, the hardest. It was really hard because Tom Hanks has done so many movies over his career. He's had an incredible career. When you look at it all, He his films have grossed over $8.4 billion. billion. As you said, he's a two-time Oscar winner. He's also been nominated five times. Yep. And it's kind of funny that the movies we chose... We're actually the ones he was nominated for. But we didn't know that at the time. No, we just picked our favorites. We picked our favorites. We gave it a lot of thought. And then going through and rewatching the movies, I went, wait a minute. All the movies in our top five, our Fast Five, are the ones that he was either nominated or won Academy Awards so that's for. that's a little clue for you that's if you're trying a to figure out our Fast Five. A little clue for you all. But what is it, really? Because when you, when you look at other... Big Hollywood stars, A-listers. I mean, even Tom Cruise has had his star fade a little. Mm. But Tom Hanks is still one of the brightest shining stars, mm-hmm. like like Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, Leonardo DiCaprio. What is it about Tom Hanks? He's just continued. He's, he's managed to do every single genre. I think he's so believable. Yeah. He has this great everyman quality, this boy next door thing. He gets likened a lot to Jimmy Stewart, which I can definitely see the comparisons to. Yep. And Spielberg said about him, when audiences saw him in Splash, they wanted to adopt him. The women wanted their daughters to marry him and the families wanted him to come home and have supper with them. So I feel like... You know him, or, or at least you you feel like you know him, but he's actually a pretty private person. You don't know too much about his his life. He hasn't got any, you know, DUIs or any arrests <laughs> right. or any tabloids. And that's good. He's, he's always been smart. He's always been smart that way. He's he's kept his private life private, and that's the way, honestly, it should be. It should be just about the art, about mm-hmm. the movies. But it's just like what you said about wanting to to invite him home for dinner because he's <laughs> so relatable. He's accessible. He's likable. Even when he plays not a nice person, like in Road to Perdition, Mm. you still liked him and you rooted for him. He often plays conflicted, ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. And he's he's gained and lost weight repeatedly for his most substantial roles. And he's so famous, but you still believe him in every role. Right. You don't... I think that's... It's like sometimes you feel like you're just watching an actor. Yeah. And but that not with Tom Hanks. Yeah, you still lose yourself in the performance, even in though the character. he doesn't. He loses weight, but he doesn't transform in the way that someone like uh, Daniel Day Lewis does. Yeah, but he's still really believable. Well, I too have a Spielberg quote. Oh, good about Tom Hanks. And uh, they're, they're actually making their fourth feature film together. It's a Cold War thriller that's due out at the end of the year. Yes, of course they also were collaborators on TV's uh, HBO's uh, Band of Brothers mm-hmm. and uh, The Pacific. They're doing a third World War II miniseries. 
Spielberg says that uh, very few actors have that gift where the communication between the actor and the audience is only as far away as the sound of their voice. Tom Hanks has that gift. Spencer Tracy had it. Henry Fonda had it. And yes, Jimmy Stewart had it. It's pretty amazing that Tom Hanks, he's an actor, he's a director, he's a producer, and he's a writer. He's coming out with some fiction soon, and he even has an app. He has an app. A typewriting app. Tom Hanks has yes. a type. What, what's the app? It's called like Hanks something rather, but it, it's a it sim it simulates a typewriter because he's a he loves typewriters and he's a collector. Oh, of he collects all typewriters. Yeah, so well, he wanted to make an app for your phone that is like a typewriter. Well, just things that make you go. Hmm, if you take his first initial and his last name, it's thanks. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks, Hanks. Thanks, Hanks. Well, thanks to his incredible career, he has had. A wonderful life. Q. It's a wonderful life for Tom Hanks <laughs> right now. Thomas Jeffrey Hanks was born on July 9th, 1956 in Concord, California. After his parents' divorce in 1960, Hanks went with his father and later studied theater at Chabot College in Hayward, California and Cal State University in Sacramento. In 1979, Hanks moved to New York City, where he made his feature film debut in the low-budget slasher flick He Knows You're Alone. The following year, he got his big break, landing the co-lead role as the cross-dressing Kip Wilson on ABC TV's hit comedy, Bosom Buddies. It was Bosom Buddies and a guest appearance on TV's Happy Days that prompted director Ron Howard to cast Hanks in Splash, the 1984 box office hit that was followed that same year by the raunchy sex comedy Bachelor Party. After 1988's Big solidified Hanks as an A-list box office star and earned him his first Academy Award nomination, he took his career to a more prestigious level in the early 90s and became only the second actor to win back-to-back Best Actor Oscars for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. As of 2014, Hanks' movies have grossed more than $8.4 billion worldwide, making him the biggest box office star of all time. I forgot to put music under that when I edited it last night. <laughs> so apologies. And thanks to people who are watching live on YouTube right now who reminded me that it's called Hanks Writer, the app. Oh, okay. There you go. Hanks, Hanks Writer. Writer. I'm going to do that. Hanks with an X. Okay. I'm going to do that on my iPhone as soon as I'm done with this show. Yes. And as far as the no music, it's like it's like the middle part of Castaway. <laughs> right. That was a special middle part of Castaway. That's what I meant to do. She meant to do that. Yeah. It to, wasn't just that I was really tired and she, I forgot. No, I meant to do that. She meant to do that like Robert Zemeckis and our friend Wilson here, our special <laughs> guest Wilson. powerful. Joining us in studio for our special Tom Hanks profiles. <laughs> well... I, I'm going to guess that your first blood for Tom Hanks is different from mine. Because of our age difference? Because of our age difference, yes. <laughs> Probably. My first blood was big. Big. Now, did you watch it in the theaters or did you watch it on VHS? VHS <laughs> with my friends. And that's the first time I remember Tom Hanks. I remember seeing him and just the, the childlike quality he had. And I was quite young at the time, so I felt like I could relate to him. And I really wanted to play in that apartment. Oh, yeah. That's a great apartment with, with the, the trampoline, trampoline and the video games. Awesome. What kid wouldn't want to stay in that apartment or play in that apartment? What was your first blood? My first blood, well, technically my first blood was Bosom Buddies. Oh, the TV show. The I TV never show. saw that. It is hilarious. It holds up so well. Like if it's on late night on like TV land or something, Funny. I'll watch it. Okay, I'm going to check and, it out. And, you know, that was how I was introduced to, to Kip and Henry. And uh, I thought Hanks was, was hilarious. Although, truth be told, full disclosure, I did have a major crush on Donna Dixon. Is she the gal in she it? She was the hot girl in the movie, in the, in the show. But, uh, but it was because of that that I got, became a fan. So when Splash came out in 1984, directed by Ron Howard, that was my first blood as far as his feature films. Yeah, I remember seeing that movie, but, but it doesn't stand out to me in the way that Big did. It's, it stood out to me because, uh, even though it's been quite a while since I've seen it, I still remember, like, you know, that, that's the kind of movie, like Risky Business, that made what, that made Tom Cruise a star, but Splash made Tom Hanks a movie star. Yeah. It, it catapulted him to, into another era, which which only went further a few years later when Big came out. Mm-hmm. But, but did you did you have any idea? Like I don't know about you, but watching Buzzing Buddies and even Splash and definitely uh, Bachelor Party, I never would have predicted that Tom Hanks would have had the kind of career that he's had. I mean, look it's, at the movies he's made. It's the, amazing. The serious movies, the animated movies. It just is. 
absolutely incredible. It's incredible. And I know that both you and I have had the chance to speak with him several times over, over our career. And he's so great. So, he's one of my so nice. favorites to talk to because, again, you feel like you know him and he's so sweet and funny. I remember I was telling him about how I didn't know what a fist bump was called. Uh-huh. So one time live on Australian TV, I said, uh, fist me. Uh-huh. <laughs> to, the, to the actor and they were like um, what? <laughs> and then I went bright red when I realised what I said and he thought that was so funny that at the end of the interview he was like fist me and I was like that is so cool he's just in on the joke you see those great uh, memes of him on on t- Tumblr and, and Facebook where he's posing with people and he yeah, just seems oh, so to have great. a great time wherever he is well I've had a, a number of, of great experiences with Tom Cruise out in the field Tom Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks as well <laughs> um, but Tom Hanks is a big fan of 2001 A Space Odyssey yes. it's his favourite movie of all time in fact his production company Clavius Base is named after the the moon crater where they find the monolith in 2001 that's how much of a fan he is wow. anyway back in 2008 he moderated a Q&A with Douglas Trumbull who did the special effects for 2001 mm-hmm. and you know talking about special effects can get very very dry as I discovered last night uh, <laughs> during Interstellar but he was so funny and yes. he was so lively so the following year when I was in Rome for the junket for Angels and Demons and I'm sitting down I'm, uh, he's getting his mic on and you know he's very polite and nice and everything Thing. And I told him, hey, I saw you do that Q&A last year for 2001 A Space Odyssey. He lit up like the sun. He's like, you were there? How was that? What did you think? And I told him, and I was reciting things that he said in the Q&A. Oh, so wow. he knew. He knew you were a fan. That I was a fan, that I was there. And like the, it was like one of my favorite inter- interviews of all time. Oh, he's the best. And he's got so many great films. So let's get into our Fast Five. Number, Number five. five. I'm sorry, Wilson. Wilson, I'm sorry. Wilson! Castaway. Castaway came out December 22nd, 2000, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Cost $90 million to make, made $430 million worldwide, nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Sound and Best Actor Tom Hanks. Actually, the last time he was nominated which is a travesty because he should have been nominated for Captain Phillips. Oh, he's incredible in Captain Phillips. He should have been nominated for Saving Mr. Banks as Walt Disney. Oh, yeah. He's great in he that too. He's great in that too. Duh, I like God. that movie. But Castaway, for an actor to be able to hold his own for so much of the movie where he's just by himself on the island, there's very little dialogue, and he makes you believe in the relationship between him and a volleyball. So much so that when that moment happens, when Wilson bobs away into the sea, I I cry I every cry time. Too. I actually feel like it's his friend that he's losing. Who could pull that off? Not many people. Not many. Because those single actor movies are really, really hard to pull off. I know there's the start and the end that have the other actors involved, but most of it is just him. It's just him all on the island. You know, the, the musical score was done by Alan Silvestri, but from the moment he is on the island to the moment that he leaves, there is no score to convey the sense of isolation that he has. This is a one-man show for the most part. It's a tour de force performance. It's a big, brave, bold, beautiful film. It's a, it was a risk to, to, to do those kind of things for, for Zemeckis to do those directorial choices. Yeah, but, but it was a huge success. It's wasn't a it? huge success and it's very, very entertaining. And, uh, like you said, he, the scene where he loses Wilson, who we have here, we found him, is, <laughs> is heartbreaking. But there's another scene in the film that when I was watching it the other day, I forgot about it at the time, but watching it again, it really, it really got to me. What was that? When he first gets off the island, when he puts up the sail from the porta potty. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he makes it off the island and he gets past where the waves are breaking to make it off the island. You know, he's getting his act together on the raft, putting things away. He looks back on the island and he looks back and he does a double take and just stares at the island for a second and it hits him like he's like, that was my home. Yeah. For four years. That and is then a powerful moment. It's a powerful moment because the score kicks back in yeah. and it's it's a moving score from Silvestri. It's like that's that's all he wanted was to get off the island but then once he's off it's it's a huge risk. He doesn't know where he'll end up. And it's almost like he's like I'm he's gonna miss you. He's leaving his safety and yeah, yeah. he'll miss it. And then there's a storm cloud that that covers the island and it, and it basically disappears. Yeah. But Tom Hanks, he lost 50 pounds. Uh, he gained 50 pounds. They took a year off so he could lose it, grow the beard. And during that time, Robert Zemeckis went ahead and used the same film crew to do What Lies Beneath. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that movie, What Lies Beneath, came out July 21st, 2000. Yeah. And then Castaway came out 
December 22nd, 2000. Wow. So great year. I, I love what lies beneath. But um, yeah. Wilson, one of the original Wilsons that they used, they had three. After filming was done, they auctioned it off for $18,400. So going once, <laughs> going yeah. twice. Who wants Wilson after this episode? <laughs> I, I love the fact that he never opens that package. And what do you think, Watching it? it again. Well, the funny thing was when I was doing my research, and you probably know this because you've been here in America, whereas I just moved over four years ago, but apparently during the 2003 Super Bowl, there was a FedEx commercial, oh, yeah. which had an alternate <laughs> ending for Castaway, where they said, oh, what was in that package? And uh, the girl goes, oh, just a satellite phone, a GPS locator, a fishing rod, a water <laughs> purifier some seeds you know just some silly stuff and ah! that is so funny but the fact that he doesn't open that package and it represents hope it and also with him and his everyman qualities it's perfect for this role because it is so much about modern man and and it reminds you about you know once again about the not taking things for granted because you never know what little things you might miss. And also I realized that I would be hopeless on an island. I wouldn't survive. Well, who would have thought that he would have survived? He lived his life by the clock. I mean, he worked for Federal Express, for crying out loud. So here he is on the island. He has to make do without all of the everyday things we take for granted. Like when he when he gets back home and he holds up the lighter and he just (laughs) clicks it on. If I only had this. Where the hell was this when I needed it? so long to make fire. And then when he goes to Helen Hunt's and she gives him like the pocket knife and he's looking at it like, like oh my oh, God. what I could have done with this. <laughs> it makes you want to carry those things with you all the time just in case. That uh, plane crash scene, by the way, is amazing. Terrifying. Terrifying. How suddenly he's in the bathroom, suddenly it's like bang. Yeah. Shoo. Yeah, that, that whole plane crash. What is it with Robert Zemeckis and good plane crashes? It's a flight. Flight. That was also scary. And Castaway. But Castaway, just because you're seeing everything from, from Chuck Nolan's point of view, Tom Hanks' character, and like when you see the ocean, when you see it, like coming closer and then boom oh, I know. and then the plane breaks in two and, and then, then it's he's on the raft it's and, heartbreaking at oh, the end with Helen Hunt there's so much to this movie and I, I just remembered how much I love it when I watched it again well one one last bit of food for thought here if you take Chuck Nolan's first initial and his last name it's it's C No Land <laughs> Mm. See no land. Very interesting. That is very interesting. Well, you were saying that when you're collecting these comments from our peeps at Schmoville on our Facebook page, you had the most response about Castaway. Profilers. We got more comments in general about Tom Hanks than anyone else we profiled. More than like 60. Most of those comments of any movie in our Fast Five or even some of the others, most of those comments were about Castaway people profilers love Castaway, include, including our friend, our our profiler Cole Boone, yes. who says, "I feel my favorite capitalized favorite performance from arguably my favorite actor ever is Tom Hanks's role as Chuck Nolan in Castaway. It's a heartbreaking performance that shows Hanks's range as an actor. I mean, it is a physically and grueling and emotionally grueling performance. Is. He is romantic. He's funny. He's serious. He gives you uh, everything and feels like you." want to love this character the physical change he makes is one of the best in film history and he was able to make audiences around the world feel that an inanimate volleyball was human <laughs> a true testament to his capabilities as an actor go tom hanks and go profiles kieran wilton says castaway is such a powerful film doing so much with so little it's built almost entirely off of an impeccable or inspiring performance, a performance so incredible that I would suggest it vital to any would-be actors out there to witness. Castaway is not a film you watch. It is a film you experience. Isn't that great? That is great. That's great. And I love watching the chat boards on on YouTube on uh, Popcorn Talk Network and people getting into it and talking all about their favorite Tom Hanks movies. So, Keep keep commenting, and I'll I'll keep watching. And if I see any comments I like, I'll read them out. Right on. Well, let's talk about our favorite scenes, our right stuff from a Tom Hanks movie. This was another one that was hard to choose. There mm-hmm. were quite a few. One of them we just talked about, I know, was Wilson. Wilson, Wilson yeah. Wilson. Almost chose Wilson. But what is yours? I ended up going with, in Captain Phillips, the medical scene at the end. Oh, where he breaks down. <sighs> Such a powerful scene, because yep. that whole movie, he's being a hero, and he's really... He's just trying to survive and he's, he's running off adrenaline. And then the moment when he's safe 
everything sets in and you see the shock in him. And it was interesting because Paul Greengrass wanted it to feel very real and so it's improvised. And so he got a real Navy medic to examine him. And the Navy medic said at first she was really nervous because it was Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. He said as soon as he walked in, she couldn't see Tom Hanks at all. She only saw the character because he was so in the zone. Yep. And she checked him out like she would normally. And afterwards she said to Paul Greengrass, you know, Tom Hanks's uh, blood pressure was actually really, really, really high. Wow. And he said, that's Tom. Tom was in the zone. He, he actually was, zone. was really believing it and his body was responding. That's Yeah, that was his post-traumatic stress moment. Because the whole movie, he's like in control. He's trying to keep it cool. Yeah. And the breakdown. And that was so... I mean, that scene almost made me cry too because it's just you see the weight of what had happened on him. And that's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the scene that got me, the scene that got me in Philadelphia, my hometown of Philadelphia. This movie came out in 1993. We'll talk more about the actual movie soon. Is it the opera? It opera is. Scene? Yes, it is. Yeah, How that did was you guess? amazing. Well, just rewatching it again, I was like, wow, Whoa. this is a hard scene to pull off. Well, it is a, it's an amazing scene because here's his character, Andy Beckett. He's dying of AIDS and he's frail. But it was that moment in the film where he was so full of life and full of passion when he's interpreting the Osc- the uh, the uh, opera mm-hmm. to Denzel Washington's character, and Denzel's character is looking at him. The lights go down, and he's just Red and dramatic, mesmerized by the performance that Andy Beckett is giving, interpreting the opera, and he says, I am, and he's saying, I am life, I am, I am divine, and he goes, I am love, and he's just seeing this man who is dying so full of life. He's never experienced anybody with that amount of passion about Mm. anything like he had about the opera, and freaked him out so much that he was like, besides himself and he went home and he like got in bed and hugged his wife i mean yeah yeah it really really got to him and i remember watching it for the first time in 93 when i came out it got to me too it's an amazing scene and it is an amazing movie an amazing detail lots of details (laughs) lots of trivia last detail we talk about some trivia about tom hanks you already said this one but i'll say it again say it he loves 2001 a space odyssey yes he does (laughs) apparently tom saw it in 1968 in a cinerama dome in oakland california and now he says he's seen it over 100 times, and every time he's still astounded by it. I feel the same way. Me too. I'm still figuring it out, and I love that. You know what? That The fact that Tom Hanks, he's he loves 2001 A Space Odyssey. He's a big space nut, especially of the moonshots in the 60s. He's a big Trekkie. Oh, so is he? He's a huge Star Trek fan. He's go. also a huge... Beatles fan. Oh, what? I want to work for this guy. I know. I want to work for Tom. I feel like telling him. If I went up to him and said, hey, listen, man, you and I, we're like brothers from another mother. (laughs) You think he'd freak out? BFFs. He'd freak out. He probably gets that all the time because, again, he's so relatable. You feel like you're friends with him. Well, well, I got some uh, details for you. Did you know that, uh, speaking of the Beatles, do you know who his favorite Beatle is? I would say Paul, but I'm not sure. It's John. Oh, it's John. You know why I know that? No. Because back in 1996, September of 1996, at the premiere of That Thing You Do, which oh, I, I love, love that movie. The Onetas. The Onetas. That's the Onetters. The Onetters. <laughs> the Onetters. <laughs> that movie, uh, I just love for obvious reasons, but I went up to him at the after party and I had him sign my program. And this is before I started working in this side of the business when I was still just a fan. And I still am. But I went up to him and he, as he was signing and I said, I got to ask you, who is your favorite Beatle? So he signed it, handed the program back to me and said, John. Wow. I'll never forget it. That is awesome. <laughs> what else you got? Well, um, this is another one you probably know. But anyway, Tom Hanks is the second actor to win back-to-back Best Actor Oscars for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. But the first was Spencer Tracy in 1937 for Captain's Courageous and then 1938 for Boys Town. Wow, Spencer Tracy and Tom Hanks. Not Good a company. bad company. And, and also, just, just another sort of coincidence, Jason Robards who was Tom Hanks's boss in Philadelphia, yep. who wrongfully terminated him. He has back-to-back supporting actor Oscars for 1976's All the President's Men, 1977's Julia. Yeah. But that was not my trivia. My trivia is actually, <laughs> did you know, did you know no. that, no, I did not either. <laughs> did you know that Tom Hanks was the first choice to play Jerry Maguire. Oh. Can you imagine Jerry Maguire with Tom Hanks instead of Tom Cruise? I mean, I kind of can. I love Tom Cruise in the role, but I think 
Hanks can do anything. Hanks would have done it, and we would have been like, "Can you imagine like, anyone else?" I can't in imagine it? Cruise doing that. Yeah, but but also another connection to Tom Cruise is that back in 1982, Tom Hanks auditioned for Risky Business. Interesting. I'm sure those two have had a lot of parallels in their careers because they've been going for about the same time. Can you imagine if they made a movie together? That'd actually be really cool. They should. I would love to I see that. that. I would I love to see that. that. All right, well, let's keep things going with Fast Five number four, which is... Even if you think the mission's FUBAR, sir? Especially if you think the mission's FUBAR. What's FUBAR? Oh, it's German. Yay. Saving Private, Private Ryan, Ryan came out uh, July 24th, 1998, directed by Steven Spielberg. Cost $70 million, which actually seems kind of low when you watch that movie. It only cost $70 million. Yeah. Uh, box office worldwide was $482 million. Oof. 11 Academy Award nominations, including Tom Hanks. Uh, won five, including Best Director for Spielberg, but Alicia... Can you please explain to me how the hell did Saving Private Ryan not win Best Picture? I know. What did that year? Uh, 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 was it uh, uh, Thin Red Line? S- no, no. It was Shakespeare uh, in uh, Love. Shakespeare in Love. Way Shakespeare. to go, JTE. That's right. That's right. And Shakespeare I in Love. do not agree with that because Saving Private Ryan, it was actually last year it was inducted in, or selected for preservation by the National Film Registry for being culturally significant. And I have to say, I mean, not having been to war myself, luckily. <laughs> For me, it seems like one of the most realistic depictions of war I've seen on screen, especially that opening beach scene. 27 minutes, and it's so chaotic and terrifying. It's how you would imagine it to be. It is still the gold standard for combat scenes in any film. That movie... Just because of that scene alone and the, the, the battle scene at the end, it completely redefined the war genre. The D-Day scene alone cost $12 million to make. They used 1,500 extras. Up to 30 of them were actual amputees. And as you can tell by the, the pool of blood washing up on the shore there, 40 barrels of fake blood. Wow. But it is, it is John Miller played by Tom Hanks. And it's it's a it's a subdued role. It's understated. It's reserved. Yeah, he's very calm, a very calm authority figure, a great leader. Again, he's playing this uh, everyday guy caught in a really unique, extraordinary situation. He's just trying to make it through alive. He's trying to like make his team survive, and he's also just trying to get the job done. And he's doing. He's he's a man of mystery. He's staying private because that's how he copes. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was uh, Kenneth Turan, who's like my fi- one of my favorite film critics of all time. He's the film critic for the L.A. Times. He said in his review of Saving Private Ryan back in 1998, Hanks gives an indelible performance as an elevated everyman. Our ideal vision of how we hope we'd all act under the duress of extreme combat. Yeah, because it's not until towards the end that you start to see the vulnerability that lurks underneath him. And the mission is a man. Eight people to save one. Yeah. And James Francis Ryan, played by Matt Damon. Oh, yes, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Well, that was a good year because he also had the Rainmaker that year, I think. But uh, it's... Great cast. Now, let me ask you a question. I remember watching this film, I was reminded of... Saving Private Ryan came out in July, and in December, The Thin Red Line came out. Yes. Both of those movies were nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, I thought Saving Private Ryan was the better movie, but it was over time that I grew to appreciate and love The Thin Red Line more. Which yeah. one do you like better? Oh, they're both so great, but I'd, I'd say that Saving Private Ryan is one that I watch more. But I need to rewatch Thin Red Line because I remember it, it being quite special and unique. It's poetic. Yeah, poetic. It is is poetic. The word. I mean, because it's Terrence Malick, there's so many scenes of beauty that are offset by the scenes of combat. And that happens a little bit in Saving Private Ryan, which is a more straightforward movie. Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from Saving Private Ryan because it's just, it's, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It is. It it's is a, a masterpiece. powerful film. And uh, our profilers love Saving Private Ryan as well. Tyler Myers says, I love Saving Private Ryan because not only is this a great Tom Hanks film, but it's also my all-time favorite war film. It's such a realistic and harrowing depiction of war, and I find it great that it focuses on many of the soldiers, including Tom Hanks, who gives a very gut-wrenching performance as Captain John Miller. The scenes where he talks about his work as a schoolteacher bring such an emotional core to the story that's well-earned. Get it? 
in the movie. And of course, <laughs> the opening scene is such a brutal way to start the film, but it's so well done and brings out the true essence of war. We love you, Tyler, and he's watching live. Well, speaking JT, of... And JT, do you have your mic on? Because I can hear something in the background. No. No? Okay. Speaking like of a, that scene ah. that Tyler mentioned in his comment there, that scene where he's talking about his life was supposed to be much, much longer. And Tom Hanks went to Spielberg and said, you know, because I feel like my character is so private... I don't feel like he would say all this. Mm. Spielberg agreed, and they cut the scene down. But our profiler, Rachel Cushing, who is such an amazing writer. What a great critic. She has her own movie review website now, which is amazing. She says, what I love the most about Saving Private Ryan, (sighs) we'll get to that in a second, because (laughs) joining us right now, live on Profiles, we are honored and thrilled to have the director of Big and the director of A League of Their Own. Please welcome the Profiles, Penny Marshall. Penny, you are on with Scott and Alicia. Hi, Scott and Alicia. Hello. It's so great to speak to you. We are just re-watching Big the other day. I love that movie. So in your opinion, why do you think Tom Hanks is one of the greatest actors of all time? Well, he's one of the easiest people to work with, number one. And he always, you know, comes on time. He comes prepared, you know. And when he wanted to do League of Their Own, he says, I'm a big, dumb dog. I get along with anyone. (laughs) Well, when you you talk about how easy he was to work with, I mean, can you remember some scenes that you were filming, whether it was from Big or League of Their Own, where, where the collaboration between you and him just yielded the perfect scene? Well, I don't know about perfect, but I think, um... Uh, when he was eating in League of Their Own, oh no, not League of Their Own, Big, they wrote that he eats caviar and spits it out. The writers <laughs> wrote. But I looked on the table to see what other food was there, and I saw a little corn. And I mean, we must have did around 10 different bits with olives on his finger, carrots, everything. Yeah. But I saw the corn, and I just see, he's from television. I worked with him on Buzz and Buddy. Oh, yeah. And so, television actors, we could talk a shorthand, and um, if it came from TV. And so I just held up the corn, you know, to eat it like corn on the cob, and he did. Well, how did you come, how did you come to direct Big? Because... I know initially Tom Hanks was originally offered the role first, and then he dropped out, and then Robert... He dropped out because there were two other movies with the similar premises, which I didn't know, because I don't sit around reading scripts. <laughs> um, like Father, Like Son. 17 again. There were two reverse, you know, and another one. And Robert De Niro was going to play Josh for a second there, and then that sort of gained interest in the film? What? Robert De Niro was going to play Josh? Yes. And then Tom because Hanks came back. Everyone turned it down because there were these other two movies and an Italian one being made with the same premise. And so I said, well, let me get a real man, you know, <laughs> instead of a boy man, you know. And so did I you... asked Bob, who wanted to do a commercial film, and he came very close. He said yes. Wow. And so once he said yes, now everyone wanted to do it. Sure. <laughs> Basically. So he gave me a credibility I really didn't have. (laughs) (laughs) So I paid him back with Awakening. There you go, right? (laughs) Did you have to give Tom much direction to get him into that childlike state? Because he's so good at playing this grown-up version of the boy, bigger version of the boy. You see the child inside. Um, Well, he had his son Colin was born, you know? So, and we made him an A.D., Colin, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was off enough so he had, knew what a kid was like and I just had to keep him from going too with that kind of high concept you got to keep him from going too big so I was so I had David Moscow I videoed all the scenes with Elizabeth John Hurd Robert Lozier everyone else in the movie with David Moscow in rehearsals and I gave it to Tom, here. This is what a 12-year-old would do. Because they're too shy. Right, right. You know, to do what, you know, you think a 12-year-old, I don't know a 12-year-old who would do it, you know? So I, I really had a lead in that with wanting nothing in any scene. He wasn't driving the story, which was a little difficult. But, you know... 
he he was terrific. So he had David as a guide. Well, how much improv did you encourage on the set? And what were some of the best improvised moments that that Tom Hanks came up with that made it into the film? Um, We had to keep it, well, real low because you can't get too sketchy in those things. It's a high enough premise, you know? It's a high concept premise. So you got to play it for dead real. You know? And sure. there were times when there was something written when we said, he would say, all this sprockets. <laughs> we both agreed, this is no good. Let's do this, you know? Like they say, pull down the shade and it flaps up. You know, we've seen that show. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, but... um but uh, I mean, the only time I let him where he went over the top is where he rode, I think, a, a zebra in F.A.L. Schwartz for a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was going over the top, you know? Yeah. You've got to be careful there. You've got to play these high concept things for dead real. One of my favorite scenes is, of course, the, uh, the piano scene with Tom and Robert. What do you remember about shooting that scene? Well, um,. The piano that existed didn't play any note that, you, you know, it was in a C when you stepped on it. You know, it didn't have the right, you know, it was much smaller. So I called the inventor of it, and I said, <laughs> make me two octaves, and I don't need the black notes to work. I just need the white notes. You know, I could play heart and soul, and I, I added um, chopsticks because I liked the look of it. <laughs> and I made up um, these cardboard things. And Robert Lozier was in France or someplace, and gave Tom to practice on. So, and they kept, the producers kept saying, do you want dance doubles? No! If I could do it, they could do it, (laughs) is my concept, is my theory of life. If I can hang, if I could play the piano with my feet, so could Tom and Robert. Robert played tennis, I knew that, so (laughs) he would die. Um... But when so um, they played both songs, and it, it didn't matter if they made a slight error. That makes it real. Yeah. That makes it real, absolutely. Well, when when this movie opened on June third, nineteen eighty eight, it was a huge hit. It made over a hundred million dollars at the box office, making you Penny Marshall the first female director to make a movie that grossed over a hundred million dollars. So a how exciting was that for you, considering that in the beginning, you know, there was no interest in the film? And then how excited were you again when Tom Hanks was nominated for his first Academy Award? Well, I was very happy for Tom. And we were in Venice, I think. Italy. And because we had a cake. I have pictures of us with a cake. Oh. <laughs> you no, know, we weren't in con- contention, you know, or whatever it is. We were just there with the movie, you know? We weren't in, you know, a contest. We just showed it. And wow. so it, we found out in Venice. I then went to Moscow and... <laughs> I don't like to be around when the movie opens. <laughs> I, I, I went to Moscow and what was in Leningrad. Um, so I get out of the country where they can't find me. Because what are they going to say? Bad things or nice things? You know? Right, sure. Yeah, yeah to blame you. <laughs> I don't need to hear this. I did my job, it's... and uh, if they don't like it, what could I say? Totally exactly. nerve-wracking. Totally nerve-wracking. Exactly. And then you got to work with Tom again four years later on A League of Their Own. Had he changed during that time? Well, he had done some movies, not so good ones. And so he came to me and said, could he play Jimmy Dugan? Yep. Because he didn't want to star in it, even though it's listed as starring him and Gene and Madonna, even though Madonna wasn't starring in it. Um, and so I said, well, I can't have you look the way you look. You look too cute, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to gain weight. You know, so I made him eat. He ate his way through Chicago <laughs> and all of Indiana. <laughs> Wow. We gained weight. And it was the first actually adult role he played. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, actually... an adult character in League. That that film, uh, I, I look at A League of Their Own as a real turning point in Tom Hanks' career because 
like you had mentioned, after Big, he had a couple of movies that didn't really do that well critically or commercially. And then with The League of Their Own, it was a supporting role, a critically acclaimed performance. It was a hit film. And from that point on, from for the next 15 years, it was this He's one... done better movies. Yeah, huge. I yeah. mean, did you sense that there was a uh, a conscious effort on his part to to really just go for the material and go for the right roles at that point because he had done a few movies that didn't do so well? Well, um, I, I don't know if it was conscious. Yeah, he cared more about what he was reading or whoever was offering him. You know, at that time, you know, yeah, he, you know, he had done, you know, my movies with him were good. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> and, um, they both made over $100 million here. Yes, yes. But, um... Then, you know, I don't know. You know, I like Philadelphia, and I like um, Saving Private Ryan, you know? Amazing. Really amazing. I like true stories, first of all. You know, I like things based on fact. Mm. Well, the fact is that we are honored and thrilled to have you call into Profiles yes, to talk about Tom you. Hanks. Penny Marshall, well, thank he's you. the best. So. He is definitely the best. There's no question about definitely. it. And the easiest to work with, that's all I can tell you. Uh, I but, love him. Thank you so much for calling in. Really, really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for being a part of Profiles. You have a great day, Penny Marshall. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. 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 That's so cool. Yes. Yay! Matt pulls it off again we'll with the great again. Kiss. Malone and Matt's again. And Penny Marshall is about to do another baseball film with uh, with a female lead, an African American female lead. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Oh, that's awesome! News. Another true story, which is fantastic. But we were reading out Rachel Cushing's comment about Saving Private Ryan, and as as Rachel herself pointed out in the chat boards, if she had to be cut off. It's Penny gonna Marshall be, is not such a bad person. If to you're going to get cut off by anybody on a live episode of Profiles, like she could say, Rachel Cushing could say, yeah, Penny Marshall cut me off. Yeah, isn't that and cool? And she's like going to be proud and of that. That's true. I love how, um, you know, we see the call come in and JT holds up the sign going, Penny's on the line. We're like, okay. Okay, look, okay, stop the presses. But, uh, yeah, but you were reading Rachel Cushing. Uh, Rachel's comment about Saving Private Ryan, just backing up a second here. What I love most about Saving Private Ryan is that it honors the soldiers on the ground who fought and died for every inch gained on the Germans during World War II. These were ordinary men, farm boys, factory workers, students, and yes, teachers who gave their lives for their brothers in arms and if anyone is going to be able to bring that everyman quality to life it is tom hanks his john miller is someone every viewer knows and it is both encouraging and heartbreaking to see him deal with the absolute horror that was d-day and the following battles in france it's such a subdued role for hanks but his innate courage and empathy shine through to give the viewer someone to identify with and care for throughout the film thank you for your patience rachel cushing yeah and wasn't that great such a treat to talk to penny marshall she's awesome we talked to penny marshall I know. Yes. yes. All right. Okay, now we're getting to quiz show where quiz we quiz show. each other. This is your favorite part of the show, isn't it, Alicia? Oh, I hate being put on the spot. My mind goes blank. Blank. Okay. But, uh, okay, do you want me to give you yours first? Let's hear it. All right. So this is not a multiple choice, So, okay. but I think it's fairly easy. All right. So not counting their upcoming war film, mm-hmm. Hanks and Spielberg have collaborated on three movies. Yes. Can you name them? Yes. Uh, that would be Saving Private Ryan. Yes. That would be that would be Catch Me If You Can, yes. and that would be The Terminal. Yay! Yay! Yes. Way to go! Good work. I got an easy one for you, too. Okay. <laughs> In Saving Private Ryan, Tom Hanks' character is a teacher. What did he teach? Was it A, geometry, B, political science, C, English composition, and D, American history? Um, I'm going to go with C, English composition. You are amazing. You are the smartest person oh, in the room you here, Alicia me Malone. Out, which is nice. You are I the best, Alicia that. Malone. I appreciate that. Well, I think it's the perfect time to talk about our Fast Five number, number three, three, which is. Big. <laughs> Big came out June 3rd, 1988, directed by our guest of honor today. No, not Wilson the Volleyball, Penny Marshall. 
God, that was so cool talking to her. That was really cool. That was really cool. So cool that she so made cool. time to she call made time. in. I mean, this is what I love about the show. Great. Cost $18 million to make. Box office $151.7 million worldwide. Domestically, it made 116, which is what made Penny Marshall the first female director to make a movie that grossed $100 million. Yes. Two Academy Award nominations for original screenplay and best actor Tom Hanks, his first. And as Penny Marshall was saying, it's such a high concept that there is that fine line between going over over the top with it and making it believable and that's what Tom Hanks did so well that to, to pull off this concept you have to really believe that he is a child in a man's body and it has to not be creepy because there are several moments especially with Elizabeth especially one, yeah, that could be really creepy because essentially not. he's a 13 year old kid but it's not at all and it's definitely a coming of age story and then going back reverting back to his age and reminds you of uh, not, to, not to lose the child childlike spirit inside you well it's because of that childlike spirit that he helps elizabeth perkins loosen up and yeah. in return she makes him a man what what but it is a, it's a sweet movie it's charming delightful very funny mm-hmm. and very moving like at the end of the film when she goes chasing after tom hanks and he's already reverted back to his 13 year old self again that could be creepy they have this moment when they look at each other but it's not it's sweet but wasn't it There's sad so much understanding and sad yeah Didn't it bring a tear to your eye when he's standing there in that oversized suit yeah. looking back at him i mean my and she's like what now here's my question if do you think if that movie was made today we should have asked penny marshall this if that movie was made today would the ending have stayed the same i don't think so because these days they don't seem to take as many risks when it comes to having sad endings it's all about the happy i would have thought that they they would have uh done something like make elizabeth perkins character like child again yeah and then they're the same age and they go out la 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 well hanks is a co-star in the film javik rushton who played billy yeah they were so good together they were great together believable that comic timing they have like they're so believable as best friends it's i mean you know Jared Rushton's performance is, is underrated I mean even though we're praising it now in the New York Times film review back in June of 1988 the review said it features believable young teenage mannerisms from the two boys in the cast and this only makes Hanks's funny flawless impression that much more adorable mm. And as you were saying, and as Penny was saying, Robert De Niro was almost cast and Harrison Ford as well. Harrison Ford. But this was a game changer for Tom. No question about it. First Academy Award nomination and uh, really showed that he, again, he was using his comedic acting chops, which we'd seen before, but this time added a lot more heart to it. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay, so Zoltar Speaks is the fortune, you know, the grants is in his wish and be careful what you wish for, ladies and gentlemen. So I just want to go back to a 13-year-old Alicia Malone. <laughs> and if she went up to Zoltar, what would she wish for? What would 13-year-old Alicia wish for? I would have wished to be Drew Barrymore because she was my idol. But you are Drew Barrymore. <laughs> You're the Australian Drew Barrymore. And, and I think I definitely would have wanted to be an adult. I wanted to be older all the time. See, I would have... I, I My wish would have been to be Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship oh, Enterprise. And here's the beauty of it. I still want to be Captain James <laughs> T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. But I no longer want to be older. <laughs> I'm fine now. That makes two of us. Well, Will Lambert loves Big, says Big just makes you laugh. The whole concept of it is just hilarious. When I first saw this movie, I was 12. I thought Hanks portrayed the age he was supposed to be perfectly. That's the same with me. He acted in the exact same way I would have if I was in his situation. Big also contains my right stuff for Hanks. The scene where he's playing chopsticks on the piano with Robert by jumping on the keys. It makes me smile every time well this movie this show in particular as we started when we started the show we were talking about how we would get to the others and tyler says he wants to meet 13 year old alicia malone i was very shy i, I refuse to believe i would have hit in the corner i would have gone bright red and then i would have just gone i want to watch a movie that's why you watch so many movies that's, <laughs> that's why you know so much about movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> but let's talk about the others there are so many others that so could have taken a whole other others. show. I know. I love Captain Phillips. Like we were saying before, it's it's heart-wrenching. It's so tense. I also love League of Their Own. League of Their Own. So as Penny was saying, it was a very different role for Tom Hanks. And there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! <laughs> what do you love? I love I love that thing you do. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's the movie that he... it was He made his directorial debut in this movie. And he wrote the screenplay as a way to deal with the award season madness surrounding Forrest Gump. He yeah. needed something to keep him grounded so, so he, he wrote, wrote it at the same time he wrote it at the same time and it's just it's a delightful fun charming movie i love the music the oneaters 
the wonders Yoniness. are just terrific. But I love Apollo 13. I love Apollo 13. And again, he plays that calm authority figure, someone that you, you want to have as your leader. And also you can see that little glint of, of a kid that's grown up and, and wants to be in space. Still loves the idea of space exploration. Apollo 13 is such a great movie. It's nominated for Best Picture, not for Best Director for Ron Howard. It should have. Mm-hmm. But uh, even though he did win the DGA that year, which is kind of weird, but deserved. But Apollo 13, I mean, it's based on a true story. It really happened. The third moonshot, which could have ended in disaster, and all this collaboration, and they got home. They lived. It was America's successful failure. And because Tom Hanks was such a big space nut, so was Ron Howard, they produced one of my favorite miniseries of all time, 1998's From the Earth to the Moon, oh, yeah. which is all about the Apollo missions of the of the late 60s and early 70s. I also love Sleepless in Seattle. Of course. But we have to talk about Toy Story. Toy Story. Because his voice is the heart of that movie, the the Woody character. And they use that, that charm that he has, that American sort of charm about him perfectly. As it's that a vibrant character vibrant voiceover but those movies made Pixar Toy Story and Toy Story 2 from 95 and 99 were groundbreaking trailblazing computer animated movies and the amazing thing is that when Toy Story 3 came out in 2010 it actually managed to be the best of the bunch which is a bold statement and that scene when they think they're gonna die when they're on the yeah I mean you're like this is it and they're making a Toy Story 4 which is amazing Yeah. but other movies that could easily have been in our Fast Five on any given Sunday Road to Perdition Cash me if you can charlie wilson's war charlie i mean the wilson's list goes war. on and on. i love charlie wilson's war lawrence fitzsimmons on the chat board on youtube says apollo 13 was faked it was filmed by stanley kubrick someone watched our profiles on stanley kubrick <laughs> and guillermo lopez says am i the only one who loves tom in cloud atlas i actually love cloud atlas because i, I read the book but i know we differ on that but yeah i, I just love seeing the book on screen and again seeing him in so many different lights now, we did our brackets. Well, our profilers did our brackets yes, on our Facebook did. page. Profiles with Malona Matz on Facebook. Make sure you give it a like. And this week, they did Tom, Har- Tom Hanks' characters. So, the final four was Captain Miller versus Andrew Beckett. So, Captain Miller, Andrew Beckett, Forrest Gump versus Woody. It came down to Forrest Gump versus Captain Miller. Can you guess who won? I'm going to go with Forrest. Forrest Gump wins. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) And Cole Boone and Joshua Willingham did the brackets this week. So thank you so much. And and thanks to everyone who participates, who comments. Um, We love reading all of them. And we love reading all your comments on YouTube and also all your reviews on iTunes. So please... Take this time, and this is really, really important. We need this to survive. Go to iTunes right now. Make sure you subscribe to Profiles, and make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. These ratings and reviews on iTunes for Profiles with Malone and Mance, these are crucial to keeping us on the charts, keeping us going week to week, Mm -hmm. and we want to keep going week to week. We have plans to make Profiles just bigger and better as the weeks go on. So please go to iTunes and subscribe, rate and review us. Also, like Alicia mentioned, go to our Facebook page, Profiles with Malone and Mance. Make sure you join in on the fun. We are so excited when our profilers comment on the brackets, when we get into all of the the fun of like what movies are the best and why. We really, really need that. All so, right. So we've been told nine minutes. So that means we have to race through our last two. We can do this. Fast five number two is... I don't buy it, counselor. I don't see a case. I have a case. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, hometown, released December 22nd, 1993. Directed by Jonathan Demme, this movie cost $26 million to make. Box office worldwide, $207 million worldwide. Two Oscar nominations. I'm sorry, five Oscar nominations. Two wins. One for Best Original Song, Streets of Philadelphia, and Bruce one Springsteen. One for Best Actor, his first win, Tom Hanks. Interestingly, that Spiel, uh, Springsteen... And Tom Hanks have been good friends for a long, long time. And they really? both won Oscars for that movie. How oh, awesome is that? That is awesome. And I like this movie, too, because it was a very important film for its time. It was the first mainstream Hollywood film, one of the first to show HIV AIDS, to give it a human face, to humanize the disease, and also to show homosexuality and homophobia as well. It tackled all those issues. But it's still really entertaining to watch. And rewatching this movie, even though the idea of AIDS might seem a bit outdated, I know it's still happening, but it's less prevalent than it was back then but his performance is what keeps this movie still engrossing and he's so raw 
and and heartbreaking and real and you completely believe him well this was a radical departure for tom hanks i mean no question about it and when watching the movie again you forget how much of a groundbreaker how much of a trailblazer this movie was at the time and it hadn't even been 10 years since rock hudson died of aids and sort of became the face of aids for a long long time and this movie really changed the perception of how people saw AIDS, mm-hmm. and it really signaled a shift in Hollywood in the way that they portrayed gays and lesbians on film. People don't realize how much of an important film, how much of a trailblazer Philadelphia really was, yes. and the chemistry between Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. Oh, so good. But the way they just sort of like helped each other out, yeah, and they grew, and especially Denzel. Yes. And I forgot that Antonio Banderas is in this movie yeah, when yeah, I rewatched yeah, it. I yeah. was like, oh, that's right. But yeah, like you said, I think it's a really important film because you started to understand the disease. It showed how, how much uh, misconceptions there were about how you could get it. That scene where Denzel Washington is watching him in the office when he's oh. picking up the cigar, he's putting it down. He puts it down and, and then he he's like looks at, at him. And going, like, yeah, oh, God, oh my I, God. I Which is really, it seems so crazy now, but at the time, no one knew about it. Like all the protests that were going on outside about people with AIDS. I mean, that wouldn't happen today. No. But because people have a bigger understanding about it and a lot of reason that uh, Philadelphia was a main reason, one of the main reasons that that sort of like opened people up to understanding the disease. Yeah. This is a movie about tolerance. This is a movie about friendship. This is a movie about Tom Hanks losing 26 pounds to play Andrew Beckett. <laughs> yes. But uh, interestingly, uh, the role was actually offered to other actors who turned it down like Michael Keaton Andy Garcia and Daniel Day-Lewis. Wow. Daniel Day-Lewis. That would have been interesting. Well, Dan Skip Allen says, Philadelphia features a star-making performance by Tom Hanks, whose character is stricken physically and emotionally by AIDS in a real and tragic way. It's sad how the people around him are changed when his character is around. Hanks's transformation is so key to why his performance is so great and why he won the Oscar for his role. And Dan is watching right now, so hi! Hi, Dan! Well, that brings us to number one on our Fast Five, which is I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Oh, Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. Now, I know some people might be saying, like, switch them around. And we went back and forth of whether, you know, Philadelphia should be number one or Forrest Gump. But this is his most iconic role. It is his most iconic role. And there was, for a long time, I mean, to this day, I think people are still divided on whether it was worthy of winning Best Picture. I mean, it is. I mean, the, it is. It's, the, it, people, I think, are too harsh on it. People are cynical about it. But it's a magical movie. It is a magical movie. It is. Go a, with it. It was a phenomenon. Remember how many, like, the soundtrack alone sold, like, as a gazillion copies. Yeah. Uh, this movie came out on July 6, 1994, directed by Robert Zemeckis. It cost $55 million to make. Again, it seems like kind of a bargain considering how groundbreaking the CGI special effects oh, were. putting him in all the historical like, like, situations. Kennedy and Johnson and, and, and John Lennon. It's actually a great way to see America's history told through a very different perspective. Very different And once again, Tom Hanks had to carry this movie. He, It's all on his shoulders and he also has to make his character, who is mentally impaired, not seem like a negative stereotype. Well, the movie made $678 million worldwide in 1994. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a lot of money today, but Back 94, 20 years ago, wow. that, was, that was huge. And what I love about Forrest Gump, the character, was his sweet childlike sensibility he innocent. saw the good the innocence yeah. he saw the good in everything i mean so what if he had an iq of 75 I and mean, that's a that's a that's an endearing quality to have he lo- was loyal to his friends and his family and he just Jenny. loved jenny jenny and uh, that's the thing about this movie there's so many lines that you can quote stupid is a stupid, stupid does, does. Laugh is like, like a box, box of chocolates, chocolates. never know what you're gonna Dan. get Dan. Dan. and also of course Run, Forrest, run! Okay, I hear that line all the time <laughs> between the 20 marathons and 23 half marathons I've done in the last 10 years. If I had a dime for every time I heard someone say, Run, run Forrest, run, I would be a rich and man. And now you are a member of the Gump Cross Country Team, according Thanks to your to t-shirt. You? And I'm a member of the uh, Ping Pong Training Camp. 
Yes, we are representing the Forrest Gump here. Robert Zemeckis said this about Tom Hanks' performance in Forrest Gump. I can't think of anyone who would have done as good as Tom did. Maybe Henry Fonda, but who knows? It wouldn't have been as good as Tom, nor would it have been as perfect as Tom. And it's just, I I actually like the movie better now, watching it in the context of Profiles. Yeah. I was on the fence. Should it have gotten Best Picture? I don't but- know. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about that, but I love watching the film. It's got so much charm. And that, of course, has a lot to do with Mr. Hanks. Well, Tyler Moore said this about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is my favorite Tom Hanks film. It's definitely his best performance. Even though his character seems hard to relate to on paper, you laugh, you cry, etc. with his character. I think it deserved the Best Picture win. Mm. Forrest Gump is an absolutely incredible film. Thank you, Tyler Moore. That brings us to... Yeah, well, quickly, Alex Corey says, its Best Picture win was very, very well-deserved. And Joseph Johnny Hartwell, Albert II, Heisenberg, long name, says John Goodman was originally considered for Forrest as That's well true. as Bill Murray. So now let's quickly recap our Fast Five before Coming we number, get out of here. Number five, five is Castaway. Number, number four is Saving Private Ryan. Ryan. Number, number three is Big. Big. Number two, two is Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Number one is, is Forrest Gump. Gump. And up next week, who do we have? I will do what needs to be done. Ooh. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. We are back with Another an actress. Woman. Yes. The the actress. I mean, not just any actress. The. This is Meryl Streep. And when you watch Profiles next week, ladies and gentlemen, you will see why Meryl Streep has been nominated for a 500,000 Academy Awards. <laughs> a million. <laughs> a million. So thank you for joining us on Profiles. And remember to go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review us. And, and on sh- YouTube.com slash Popcorn Talk Network. And like us, our Facebook page, Profiles with Malona Mance. Woo! Until next time, bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.